0: of Thoughts of the Mind podcast and episode 2, Surviving Child Abuse. There has been an amendment on the episode. It was originally going to be Is Counseling for Everyone. That episode will come a bit later in the series. So Surviving Child Abuse, why did I choose to discuss this or share information about Surviving Child Abuse? I myself... I'm a survivor of child abuse and childhood trauma. So my background story, just a little bit about my background story. Who was I then? I was the eldest of four children at the time. And I was brought up in a family that children should be seen and not heard. So I wasn't encouraged to really express how I'm feeling, express my thoughts and emotions, or I wasn't free to say what I thought at the time. So I would say that I was quite a quiet child, almost withdrawn in my own little world. Um, but being the eldest there was expectations laid on me. Expectations that I would be the one to care for my siblings. I would be the one to clean the household, cook, even doing all these chores on top of going to school and being educated. I was relied on a lot. Looking back, I was relied on a lot as a child the fact that my mother was a single parent probably contributed to that even more so. So I'm not gonna go into specific details about what happened to me as a child, but I will share with you enough so you can get the backstory. So I was abused as a child And unfortunately, I experienced emotional abuse, physical abuse, and sexual abuse. I guess I could also go as far as saying that there was neglect there also. So it was someone I knew, someone I knew very well. And my abuse took place within my own home. So as a child, that's, for a child, for any child, the home is supposed to be, you would think that it's a place where you felt safe. And for a while I did feel safe. But then this individual, it was a family member, a male family member, that started abusing me. And it would happen specifically during the night while everyone was asleep. Um, What took place was something that at the time, I didn't understand what was going on. I was too afraid to speak out at the time to my mother because of the physical punishments that I was experiencing. So I automatically thought that if I shared this information with my mum, I would have got punished physically. And I didn't want that as a child. I was scared. I was scared to share how I was feeling, what had happened to me, I was scared of the consequences, so I chose not to say anything. And besides, I was told that I shouldn't say anything. So I trusted that adult that I thought that was my, you know, my family and that they loved me, um, in a way that they would protect me. But looking back, that wasn't the case. So, as I said, mainly it happened during the night and I felt scared. I felt alone. I felt different in terms of, um, I was wondering what was happening to other people. Was this something that was going on in everyone's life? I was a child and I couldn't, I couldn't find the words to express it to anyone else, but main thing, I I was scared, I was afraid of what would happen after I shared it, what would happen, would anyone even believe me if I said what was happening to me? And unfortunately, I didn't have that safe feeling in that relationship between me and my mother to just come out with it and be honest with her. So it went on for far too long. In my eyes, it went on for far too long. I don't feel any child should have to experience something at that level so it wasn't just the abuse from that individual there were times in my life as a child growing up that I experienced unfortunately experienced abuse three other occasions from males so in my eyes I suppose I grew up feeling that that's all that males did and many of these males were role models in my life. Well, I look back now and, you know, I choose not to see them as role models, but at the time they were males that were quite influential in my life at that stage. I suppose I felt let down, I felt unprotected, I didn't feel safe and what kept coming up in my mind was what would happen if I was to tell an adult what was actually going on. I was too scared, I was just too scared. As I said, the physical abuse that I was experiencing or going through or suffering, however you want to see it, it made me become too afraid to speak out, to speak out the truth, my truth. So it continued. There was one main perpetrator that it continued. And unfortunately, this main perpetrator was living in the same household as I was living. The household that I felt should have been my safe safety net. I should have been able to speak out and express myself, but I wasn't. And I didn't feel At all safe at any time. So what was it like growing up for me with this? Growing up was another chapter in surviving child abuse. I felt that when I grow up to be an adult and become an adult, all this will just be a past memory. It wouldn't have no impact on me at all but how I was so wrong. Growing up, the decisions that I made, looking back now, I feel a lot of the decisions that I made in my life as a young adult into my adulthood was influenced by my surviving child abuse. I at times chose the wrong relationships, whether that would be intimate relationships or friendships, I chose the wrong ones. I didn't know they were wrong until time went on and I realised I made that connection. So yeah, I made some wrong decisions and I feel that my experience of child abuse, childhood trauma led me to those incorrect decisions. I wasn't really confident as a young adult and even into my adulthood. And my confidence came later in life when I started dealing with things a bit more. So the decisions I made came on the back of how I was feeling at the time. I felt, I suppose I felt worthless. I felt that I couldn't achieve much in my life. I felt that I was let down by people who I loved because I thought they loved me to the point where they wouldn't allow me to experience such pain, such hurt, and feel so alone as a child. So the emotional abuse that I experienced as a child, as I became a young adult and into my adult years, that's why I didn't realize that I didn't have that self-love that I deserved. I didn't feel I was beautiful, I never used the term pretty to describe myself, and this is all because of my emotional abuse. I was called names as a child by people who I loved and I lived with, Um, people who I felt that should have cared for me as adults, people I saw as role models. They would say things to me, call me names. And actually growing up, I began to believe it, I suppose. I began to believe that that was me. So instead of me molding me as an individual, people and statements around me began to mold who I was, who I became. So to me, the people who I loved and cared about, they were really chipping me away when I look back at it. Those daily triggers, the daily triggers, um, the, there were things that would have been, that were said, that were done by individuals that had no involvement in my childhood trauma and abuse. But when I saw, when I heard or smelt aromas, it would trigger my feelings back to that moment of being abused and dealing with or going through my childhood trauma. Leading up to my young adult years, And into my childhood, into my adulthood, sorry, into my adulthood. I there were times when I would be just busy doing housework and all of a sudden I'd hear something on the radio or some words that would trigger me and it would just send me into an emotional meltdown. An emotional meltdown to the point where I would be crying uncontrollably. I could feel it was like I was reliving that moment of abuse and trauma again. Of course I didn't want to be there. I wouldn't say anyone would want to be there. Trying to block it out, I'd just keep myself busy. And I suppose I turned to... And this is not for everyone. I turned to studying. I turned to studying because I felt that if my mind was in my books and writing assignments or dissertations, I couldn't think of anything else but the work that I'm focused on. So I began to study. You could almost say I became a serial studier because uh, I, I was just studying one course after the other, after the other. But what I hadn't realised was the pain that was still there, just the severity of pain that was still there. You know, sometimes people say to you, just let go of your past. And I I agree with that to some extent. But even though I wanted to let go, even though I wanted to forget, there were times that those triggers would rear their ugly head. And it will bring me back to that moment all over again. For example, if I was at a family gathering, that person would be there. So just seeing that person would bring me back to that moment in time. So for me, the best thing was to not attend family gatherings. And so that's what i done. Deliberately gave an excuse to not attend just in case that person was going to be there. So I did attend counselling. I went to see a GP about not being able to sleep, having these reoccurring dreams. And so I spoke to my GP. This was in my early... 20s, spoke to my GP and he referred me to a counsellor. I went to see a counsellor and I was originally supposed to have six sessions. I I had the second session, it was the second session and my counsellor at the time said to me, Jackie you're quite articulate and maybe I suggest you go to the police and report this historic child abuse. And that was the end of the counselling sessions. It was different because I'd never been to a counsellor before and looking back, did it help me? I would say that it didn't. But then I've fortunately been able to be or find methods to then help myself. So for me at that time in my life, a counsellor wasn't beneficial to me because A, I didn't complete my six sessions and B, it was as though she had cut my session short because she felt that I was, that was her reason for being articulate. So maybe she felt that, I wasn't a person in need of support in that way. Anyway, moving forward, after counselling, again, I continued and I started thinking to myself, well, maybe one day the memories will just disappear and I will never remember them again. I was wrong they continue to be in my mind even as an adult and they will always continue but what i grew to realize i realized that i have to deal with them somehow because they're going to be with me for the rest of my life so many of you Probably are not aware that I do, I train. I train many people in first aid, life-saving skills. I train people in safeguarding, so safeguarding children and young people. And there are times when, when it is appropriate, I may share just a little bit of information with the group that I am training around child abuse particularly when we are talking about the categories of abuse for those of you are unaware of categories of child abuse there is neglect physical abuse emotional abuse and sexual abuse so those are the four categories that i will generally cover in safeguarding children training so at times depending if it's appropriate I may share a little bit of information, particularly when someone turns around and makes a derogatory statement about child abuse and a child, I will stand and defend because I myself am a survivor of child abuse and child trauma. So in that moment of training, as I said, I will share information and Just share some experience so people can get a deeper level of understanding where that individual is coming from, particularly the effects, the short term and long term effects of child abuse and child trauma. I don't think sometimes if someone hasn't walked in those shoes or someone hasn't experienced those similar experiences because no two experiences are the same. They may not understand, they may not be able to comprehend why I'm still feeling sad about my childhood trauma, my childhood abuse. Why do I still hold on to it? You know, my husband said to me, if I was abused as a child, I wouldn't even want to think about it. I would just forget about it. And I said to him, Yes, I agree with you. However, as an adult, There are things that are said, there's actions people will carry out, there may be something on the TV, there may be something on the radio, there are times when he may touch me in a certain way that will trigger all those memories that flood back in that moment and bring me right back to the moment of abuse as a child and this is what I was explaining to him. And he totally understood that. And for someone who has never been through those experiences, those sufferings or, you know, the abuse, the trauma themselves, I understand and I get it. They probably are going to find it challenging to understand where I'm coming from as an individual. So... Again, as an adult, I want to talk about my my healing journey Um, because it wasn't until probably I was in my early 40s, mid 40s, that I started to truly heal and I started my healing journey. Now, the healing journey to everyone is going to be different, whether it's a healing journey from child abuse or child trauma or anything else because many of us, if not all of us, will will want to sometime begin a healing journey. So I decided to start my healing journey. The more I spoke about my childhood trauma and abuse, the less I became emotional. That is not to say that I have detached myself emotionally in my eyes, I have been able to deal with it more successfully in terms of that, don't get me wrong, it still makes me emotional talking about it. But instead of breaking down in floods of tears, I am able to compose myself. And there are still moments that I will break down in tears. The last time I broke down in tears was during lockdown, and my husband and I were cleaning out the attic, Uh, we were making a working space, and I went through some old paperwork and I came across one of my poems I wrote many, many years ago. And that poem was entitled, You Hurt Me. And that was about my part of my childhood abuse. And I... I opened up the paper and realised what it was and tears just started flooding out of my eyes. Uncontrollable tears just started flooding. And my husband turned around and he looked at me and said, are you okay? And I said, no, but I will be. I said, I just found my poem, one of my poems, and it's just bringing everything back. It was a trigger to bring me back to that moment and he just stopped what he was doing and he gave me a cuddle and that's all I needed in that moment. So my healing journey, it continues and I would say anyone on a healing journey, please remember it is your healing journey and There is no time limit. A healing journey, there's no time limit to how long you're on this journey. This is your decision how long you want this journey to last. However, I do feel a healing journey, just like a life journey, is forever. So my healing journey so far, I would say it's... It's, it's successful, but I know I still have a way to go. I have discovered more things about my childhood trauma and abuse, particularly thinking about it a bit more. I then discovered the age that it all started, and that opened up another can of worms. It started at the age of six, and I hadn't realised that as an adult. I didn't even... That must have been memories that I just totally blocked out, deliberately blocked out. So, for those of you who are wondering or asking, did I go to the police? I chose not to go to the police, as the counsellor advised, or suggested, should I say, because... I didn't wanna go to the police about the historical abuse because I felt to myself, I've come so far and I felt that going to the police, going to court, having to sit in court and give evidence and speak my truth, it would probably not only tear me apart, tear my family, my children, my husband, And everyone had to relive that moment, my moment, again, they would have to relive it. And I didn't feel that was fair on anyone. So that was my reasons for not going to the police. And I still today sometimes feel, should I go? And I think, do you know what? No. I have got to the stage where my healing journey has taken me so far. And I am proud of where I have come in my, in terms of my healing journey and what I have become as an individual. So I've learned now through my emotional abuse, I have learned to love myself. I recently started telling myself that I am amazing. And that was, you know, something that my daughter has always told me. She said, "Mum, you are so amazing. And I said to her, I don't see myself as amazing. And I went away from that conversation, asking myself, questioning myself, Jackie, why don't you see yourself as amazing? Again, those childhood traumas and abuse didn't warrant me at the time to feel like I was amazing, but I'm no longer there in my childhood. And actually I can be what I want to be, and I am amazing. So there's a lot of self-discovery, self-love. I love myself so hard. I call myself pretty. I call myself beautiful. I've come so far. And one of the things that I have done, so those of you know that I am an author, I'm a poet, I'm now writing children's books, but the series, Thoughts of the Mind series I created a selection of poems for survivors of child abuse. And I didn't create that because I wanted to trigger anyone in any shape or form. What I done it, I I created them for inspiration, to inspire individuals to think about, if they haven't done already, think about their healing journey. Do they want to start healing? I created it because I wanted to inspire individuals to find ways, find methods in how to deal with that, those triggers when they arise. Because it's such a powerful feeling knowing now that when a trigger happens in my life, And brings me right back to my child abuse and trauma I no longer stay in that moment for longer than I have to so before I may have stayed in that moment and went through the whole process again I don't do that anymore so that's how my healing journey has aided me to yes I may revisit that moment but I'm not in there too long so I have found Grounding techniques, I have found, you know, support, the way I the that the fact that I can speak to individuals that want to listen that make me feel safe and secure. So I will go and listen to those individuals or speak to those individuals rather. So what I'd like to do to finish off this episode is just share some affirmations, some statements, some quotes, whichever you prefer to, you know, name them as, from my book, The Thoughts of the Mind, a selection of poem for survivors of child abuse. So the first statement, affirmation, is from a poem entitled Emotional Anguish. And the statement is, loving yourself is key to being the best you can be. And I've truly discovered that when you love yourself, particularly loving yourself hard. I said this morning, I'm going to love myself harder. Um, It just opens up so many other possibilities for you as an individual. The second one is entitled So Alone. And Each of these statements or affirmations that I'm reading to you, a poem follows. So, you know, as I said, the thoughts of the mind, a selection of poems for survivors of child abuse. So, so alone, make your decision never to walk this journey alone. Even though journeys are particularly healing journeys and sometimes life journey, there is going to be a part of it that you will need to walk alone very much so however there are going to be parts of it that it doesn't need to be walked alone there's support there there is there are people there are services you know you are not alone in this journey because you are not the only one I'm not the only one who is a survivor of child abuse and child trauma So it's about identifying those individuals and maybe speaking to them. And this is when you're ready, definitely. The next quote or affirmation is from a poem, The Unspoken Secret. So the statement is, to express unspoken words is the beginning to your recovery. So, to express unspoken words is the beginning to your unco- your recovery. So, again, this poem was created from speaking to someone, also a survivor of abuse, and the unspoken word, because they've held on to their abuse and childhood trauma for so many years. And it's just to try and empower, and I hope empowering individuals, that, that unspoken word is the start of your recovery. The moment you can speak that unspoken word, that unspoken statement is a start. And the last one I want to share with you before I end this episode is entitled Time to Heal. So there is no set time scale for healing. Remember, this is your journey. Like I said, the healing journey is a journey of the self. It's your direction, your decisions, your time. So just take your time in healing. And I hope that this episode has inspired individuals to think about their healing journey or even start their healing journey. But I wish you so much luck in your journey. So next week will be the listener's voice again. So I hope that you can send in your affirmations, your thoughts and feelings, any poems that you may have written. If you email it to me, I will put it in the description. Email it to me so I can share them with the world in the listener's voice. Remember, the listener's voice is all about you. Thank you for listening and stay blessed.